Hello, everybody, and welcome to Drop and Give Me 20 with Phil Risden. I am Phil Risden, and I am back. Woo! Oh, my God, guys. Thank you for waiting. That was a hell of a commercial break. Am I right? That was a hell of a commercial break. Uh, I'd like to tell you that how long you waited would count for your, uh, you know, skip ad button on YouTube. You know how when they, they make you watch one of those, like, minute-long ads so you don't have to... Uh, watch ads for the next two videos. I want to tell you that's going to happen, but that won't happen. I'll be honest with you. I'm not monetized yet, all right? This is still a, a, a small level thing. We're trying to build here. We're getting up there. We're taking these levels up there, man. We're trying. We're trying. Thank you guys for sticking by me, all 20 of you, <laughs> okay? Uh, I know my demographic. You know, I like it small, baby. I like it intimate. That's what I do. No, this is cool, man. Um, thank you, guys for waiting so long maybe you will maybe you won't i haven't put this video out yet so i won't know the results of the video uh but yeah i had a lot of things going on man i kind of had to uh get my life right you know uh yeah man a lot has changed since i've been gone a lot has changed since i've been gone succession is back on the air uh what else aaron Rodgers is the symbol of american freedom now apparently and the world hates dave Chappelle, so shit is going crazy Okay, <laughs> people are losing it. Uh, she's going crazy. You know, life is, uh, you know, burning. The world is burning. But hey, at least I got my matcha latte. There you go. Mm. Look at Phil taking a taking a drink on screen. That's confidence, baby. That's confidence. Oh man, yeah. Uh, all that stuff has happened. Uh, I will get to all those uh, news stories and everything like that. But uh, you know, I just want to catch you guys up. I'll get to those things in a minute. Yeah, I had to just get my life together, man. I really had to, like, you know. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to New York, but in New York we have this crazy astronomical thing called rent here uh, where it's like you pay your whole life savings or they kick you out on the street. And this happens once per month. Uh, I don't know if you guys <laughs> have had to deal with that. Uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a fucking bitch, man. It's a bit of a fucking bitch. And uh, I was going through a lot at the time. You know, I told you guys that I'd start working for... Uh, DoorDash. I am pleased to tell you that uh, I am no longer a DoorDash delivery boy. I am now the owner and CEO. So if anybody has a problem with uh, your cold French fries or you know your orders being canceled, send them to me. Put it in the likes and comments. Like it first, and then you know uh, put things in the comments and stuff like that. Make sure to view it. All right. I might even put that in the title. You know, uh, DoorDash owner gets owned by. Comment people. I don't fucking know. Now I, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't become CEO, but I, I did get a moped, which is a fucking level up. I'm right now where I am in life. I'm taking like slow levels up. You know what I mean? I got brought down to the bottom, and then I've just been trying to take these slow levels up to get back to where I was, being financially stable. This, then, the third. Uh, so I got a, uh, I got a, I got a moped. Which is amazing, amazing. Uh, but I also feel like it says, "Hey, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm better than people who walk, but I'm also too poor to get a car." And you know, that's kind of me. You know, I'm the guy riding in between. Uh, you know, I'm I'm the guy who bounces back and forth. All right. You know, I'm a social liberal, fiscal conservative. Uh, <laughs> actually, no, I'm not. I'm a social liberal and uh, a fiscal liberal. Uh, you know, fiscal conservatives can go fuck themselves. But you know what I'm saying. I'm the guy who's playing both sides, baby. I'm a double agent. 
All right, I'm trying to level up out here, but I'm still a man of the people. And that's where my life is going. That's what everything's happening with me. Shit's been nice, man. Shit's been nice. Uh, I like the moped, I will say. I did not realize, I had never, like, fucking had a moped before. Bro, shit is, that shit is different, bro. That shit is different. You know, now it's like, if anybody who lives in New York knows, like, because of the subway, it's the most, the subway is the most convenient thing in the world. It's amazing. You know, New York would be lost without its subway. But you, if, if you live here, you also love the subway for what it does for you, but you also viscerally hate the subway, all right? And the same thing with cars, too. You know, there's a lot of shit with cars where it's like, you know, in New York, it's like you don't need a car in, a, in New York City, but you kind of do because it would help you get around easier, but then parking is a fucking nightmare. So, like, it's basically with a moped, you kind of get this in-between kind of thing, you know, where it's like I don't have to ride the subway anymore, you know, because half the time there's fucking delays, there's some dude jerking off, there's a smelly fucking hobo on it, whatever, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, but I also don't have to get a car either, which is like, if I did number one insurance in New York is fucking insane. What is the deal? I mean, listen, I know what is the deal with car insurance in New York? <laughs> Seriously? No, it's fucking insane. I looked up, uh, my shit, you know, cause I really was going to get a fucking car. I was going to get a goddamn car. I look into this shit and it's literally, <laughs> They were saying it was going to be about like $800 a month. Can you fucking $800 a month? That's that's um, that's basically a, uh, how much I pay in rent. I was going to have to pay that for just simply to have car insurance. All right? That's not the fee of the car. That's not gas and extra shit and everything. No. That's literally just to have car insurance to legally be able to drive around. I swear to God, man, when it comes to transportation and shit, I, I feel like it's it, New York City is just at war against the poor. All right. You know, this city, uh, you know, with COVID hitting half the population, half of them moving out. It was heaven. It was amazing. But now I'm starting to see everything come back and I'm starting to get real fucking pissed off at it. You know, so I got the moped. Life's been good. Don't really need insurance for it. Just wear a helmet. You're fine. I mean, I could get insurance. I should get insurance. Why'd I say that I don't have insurance? <laughs> People are going to be commenting. Get it, get it, get it. You're crazy. Uh, yeah, so doing all that shit. And uh, yeah, life's been good. Life's been good. You know, there's a lot of shit popping off right now these days, man. Uh, you know, shout out to the people, uh, to the families of the people who lost their lives at uh, AstroFest. That is uh, really tough, man. That's really tough. I, 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 you know, like that sucks. I've been to a million fucking concerts, a million fucking festivals, and I, as a person who's been there, um, not just in a packed place, but also in a packed place while doing a lot of drugs. Uh, yeah, there's always that element of a feeling of like some shit could go down. Either we could all start trampling each other. Um, you know, maybe someone couldn't breathe or. Or, like, what happens if the heat just gets to you while you're also on something? You could just fucking drop dead. It ha it happens. You know, I remember um, Electric Zoo a few years ago had about, like, uh, four or five people uh, die, actually. I ironically enough, though, it uh, wasn't from heat exhaustion. It was actually from overhydration. Uh, a lot of the kids there, because the year before, two to three kids had died from dehydration, a lot of kids 
you know, wanting to be responsible, wanting to be smart. Uh, you know, we're just chugging waters all the time while on Molly. And because of that, they actually got overhydrated and passed out. So just remember, you know, if you're going to do drugs, you know, do them with your friends so that you guys are all together with each other and you can monitor each other. Uh, you know, everything that you're doing, make sure you do it in moderation. Get some food in your stomach. Drink water, but just don't be super excessive about it. You know, you don't have to drink three bottles in two seconds. Just take your time. Take your time and take care of each other, man. Uh, yeah, dude, it was, that's fucking wild. And I, you know, I'm not going to lie, man. I've been to some shit, dude. Like, uh, I went to Panorama one time on mushrooms to go see fucking Kendrick Lamar. And like, I almost fucking died. <laughs> like, like, I swear to God, I went there. I left uh, literally from my job. I was still in my work uniform. I left from my job. I missed the entire festival. I had one day pass, missed the entire festival, but I, it was fine because I was only coming for him. So I get there at like 9 p.m. for the final fucking performance. I get there. I took a bunch of fucking mushrooms. So number one, the first miracle was that I even found my way to the stadium while on the mushrooms alone. <laughs> so I got there. I get there. I'm searching. I had a couple friends at, at the at the festival. So I'm like, oh, where are you? Uh, where are you? Da, 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 da. You know, we finally meet up. That's miracle number two that I could find my friends in the sea of thousands while on mushrooms by myself in the heat. <laughs> so that, you know, so I'm already winning. I get there and, uh, you know, he goes on and people a lot of people who don't go to these festivals, I don't think really know what it's like because a lot of these people yes they did get trampled and there's a lot of pushing but people don't realize like that is just how festivals are man that is really just how festivals are like like i swear to god once kendrick lamar started me and my friends instantly got separated it was just it was just oh uh, an ocean of new people and you just get separated and they're over there and you're over here and you don't even know how you're over there and over there and and also, I'm on mushrooms, so it's just like, and it was super hot. I remember it being so incredibly humid there. It was so fucking hot. And, you know, I'm on mushrooms, so my body is just very hypersensitive. You know, like touch and everything is very sensitive. And I remember not being able to feel the difference between the heat in the air and the skin of other people. So on one second, I would be pressed up against, like, a bunch of people, right? And then... The crowd kind of, it's almost like you're this giant organism, you know, breathing and contracting and breathing, you know, like in and out and in and out. That's like this. It has this kind of flow, almost like a weird wave. That's what being in one of these concerts is. And I remember that it's like I'd be up against somebody for one second and then there'd be five feet of distance another second. And I remember just how disorienting that was. And how weird that was. So I can only imagine at some place like, you know, Travis Scott's Astro World, where there seemingly wasn't even that much space. It was literally just cram, you know, shoulder to shoulder, face to back, and you're just swaying. I mean, that's that's really tough. I, I also remember too one of my first wrestles, I think my very first wrestle, uh, Rock the Bells. Shout out to uh, Rock the Bells, man. That was that was my first ever festival. And uh, I saw some of the greatest acts there ever. Uh, I saw Rage Against the Machine. I saw Wu-Tang Clan. I saw Public Enemy. I saw Cypress Hill. Uh, all in one fucking day. 
like truly, truly fucking amazing, especially with the Rage Against the Machine thing, because they they put together shit sporadically. So, uh, you know, you talk to any like music fans and they'll be jealous just of that. And uh, I, I, I almost passed out. I'll, I'll be real with you. That one was even worse than the Kendrick Lamar one, because if my brother wasn't there, uh, I, I probably would have I probably would have died. Uh, and that, and I don't know if that really would have been the festival's fault. Like that's the whole thing too. You know now Trav, uh, Travis Scott is being sued. Um, you know by I guess the families or or whoever. Uh, you know because of the festival. And listen, I mean it is his festival. It's Astral World. That's kind of his thing. And you know and it, it, it's it's from him. So he's the one who's liable at the end of the day. He's the one who's liable. Uh, but at the same time, you know outside of you know what's legally liable and not liable i don't know if everything was necessarily his fault uh i haven't fully read into everything so i wouldn't know but you know it seems like they did actually have water there you know what i mean it seems like they did have water stations it seemed like they did have medical stations you know uh that were there but it just seems like nowadays i don't know if it's because of covid or something but it just seems like these kids just took it to a new level and I don't mean to really blame them but it's just you're young you've been stuck in the house for the last three fucking years and there's just this major fucking festival you already missed Rolling Loud Rolling Loud was like the hugest fucking hip-hop festival you know in the US so you already missed that one and all your friends are talking about it and now you're going out to Houston to to see Travis Scott you know what I mean? So you definitely want to have fun. And I think that's a part of what it was. And also, too, everybody wants to have their phones and record what's going on and everything. So I think it just led everybody to really kind of like pounce on the stage and not consider who is in front of them or the 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 lack of movement that was going to happen. And, and that's the thing where it's like, you know, one person does it, then everybody does it. It's almost like a rubbernecking on like a on a highway. You're wondering what's wrong. And, you know, it's it's always nothing's wrong. It's just one person looking to the side and slowing down and then goes by. But the next person does it. The next person does it. And it causes this cramming. You know what I mean? And we all don't want to be in that situation. But it's because of all of us that we are in that situation. And I think that's kind of what was happening. It's like you had somebody right in the front and they're just living their life, you know. But then the next person right behind them tries to go up and get a closer look. Then the next person right behind them tries to get a closer look. And it just keeps going and going and going. And there's thousands of people. And that just spells disaster, man. So, you know, uh, uh, shout out to the families of all those people. That shit is fucking rough, man. That shit is really fucking rough. So shout out to shout out to those families, man. Uh, you know, that, that, was a, that was a fucking tough one. Uh, for real, man. Uh, really tough one. Uh, yeah, man. I think they were probably probably just trying to get up there and just like get a better shot of him do whatever they could do to like post on instagram uh or they're just trying to get up close to finally hear what he's saying in his lyrics because that nigga mumbles a lot uh, <laughs> sorry i had to put one joke in all right i had to put one joke in all right I, you know it's just it's it's fucking sad okay jesus christ people no uh yeah so shout out to uh you know travis scott and all the people who were dealing with that uh, shout out to Roddy Rich too for donating uh, his, you know, net pay uh, to the families. That's some real shit, man. That's some real shit. And I think maybe if Travis Scott did that, they probably wouldn't be coming for his head to sue him. You know, uh, but that's <laughs> that's just me. That's just me. I think that, that that nigga must be in some hot water right now. Oh my god, I thought I was going through it. 
I took a month off because I thought I was going through it. This man, boy, oh, that is not fun. That is not fun, man. Oh, man. What else can I talk about? I, uh, Astro Fez, yeah, I have been, uh, have been doing much these days. I've been watching a lot of television, like I was saying, secessions back. Watch a lot of, uh, watching a lot of other podcasts because I've just been like, <laughs> like fucking just like pissing myself off, torturing myself, or like, I'm going to force you, Phil, to watch, watch podcasts because you're not making your own. That's what my subconscious is saying. Uh, I'm watching a lot of podcasts. Started watching uh, Mike Tyson's Hot Boxing. I fucking love it. I fucking love it. I think I talked about this in uh, one of my other podcasts or whatever. How much I fucking love his. I love his just because he can beat up every guest that he's ever had on. You know? So, like, he's never scared to, like, ask them a question. Like, nothing is ever off limits. You know? Like, he, he was interviewing uh, Bill Burr the other day. And he just goes, I was watching an interview with Burr, and he just goes, who, who hurt you? And it's like, <laughs> you know how many interviewers wish they could ask Bill Burr that question? The guy whose career is made off of angry ranting just answers, he's just, why, why are you so mad? Why, why are you so mad? Who hurt you? <laughs> you know, and he has that voice. And, and it's so funny because, like, you know, he could literally fucking pop Bill Burr's fucking, you know, orange head like a grape, you know? So he's just like, uh, you know, uh, and he just, like, tries to, like, kind of joke it off or whatever. But it's like, if anybody else asked him that question, God damn it, if I had him on and I asked him that question, you know how much of a fucking rant I'd be getting from this guy? Fucking, who hurt you? What the fuck do you mean? Who hurt you? What are you, my mommy? You know what I mean? I just, I love... I love the fact that he can just ask the tough questions. I think that's that's a big deal. I think we need to get more <laughs> fighters into uh, into like news shows and podcasts, man. Because that's the way. I think that's the only way you're gonna get celebrities to answer things honestly. If you threaten to beat them up, that's the only way. That's the only way. Enough dodging questions. Let's have politicians get interviewed by Mike Tyson. All right. And if you don't ask truthfully, we're gonna punch you in the mouth. He's gonna punch you right in the mouth. So tell the truth. Are you going to, you know, are you really going to bring down taxes? Are you really going to bring down, you know, are you uh are you going to bring down government spending? Be be honest. You better fucking be honest and be quick about it. I would love that. I would love for Mike Tyson to become the next Katie Couric. <laughs> I would love it. I would love to see Mike Tyson on 60 minutes. You know? Just fucking talking to Joe Biden. Yeah, oh my god. Let Joe Biden say some weird, weird fucking racist shit. You ain't black if you ain't what do you say? What do you say? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Maybe that's what I should do. I think maybe, you know, maybe I'd be a better interviewer if I if I uh threatened to beat people. Or or at least if they were scared of me. He never threatens to beat people up, but but they're just so clearly terrified of this man that it works. That it works. You know? I love it. So check it out. Hot boxing with Mike Tyson. He has some great fucking people on there. Uh, really, really great shit. I think he's even starting a uh, uh, a beef with Dr. Umar Johnson. <laughs> they got into a beef. I think Umar Johnson uh, threatened to fight him or some shit, which is just just Jesus Christ. That's a fucking death sentence because uh, of the Freddie Gibbs episode or something like that. But uh, yeah, oh, Doctor. If you guys don't know Dr. Umar Johnson, he's like. Uh, He's a Louis Farrakhan type, you know what I mean? He's a black nationalist, 
type dude who goes on, you know, uh, no mask, no mustache, but full beard. You can envision it, you know, that type of dude, Hotep kind of guy uh, who doesn't believe in interracial marriage and stuff like that. Mike Tyson doesn't fuck with it. Hopefully I can see them on that interview. Uh, that is enough talking about another podcast on my podcast, though. Uh, let's see what else is happening. Dave Chappelle, you know, uh, I missed I, I missed out. You know, I feel like I could have got so many so many views. Probably could have got a lot of a lot of more listeners. Being a young stand-up comedian, uh, talking about the perils of a seasoned veteran stand-up comedian. Uh, but here we are. That's the thing. You know, I, I felt like for the last what like month, you you couldn't get away from talking about Dave Chappelle. Am I right? You couldn't. You just couldn't get away from it. I'll be honest. Like I've tried to really pay attention to social media uh, for a long time in the way that they manipulate our brains. You know, I watched like the Social Dilemma, but then other discussions on it as well. So, you know, because of my echo chamber of doing stand-up comedy and stuff like that, I'll look through all the articles that Facebook throws to me, all the articles that Twitter and stuff throws to me, and I'll analyze them. Uh, and I'll I'll scroll by, but I I'll never click. Even if uh, it makes me interested, I might Google it and click there. But I won't give Facebook uh, those impressions. I won't give them that click through rate. Uh, just because I see what they're doing, and I see how they're trying to uh, incite a lot of uh, you know violence and divisiveness and anger uh, between people, and I don't appreciate it. Not saying that Google is any better uh but yeah you know one one fucking uh one cyclops one one-eyed beast at a time okay uh this is beowulf i gotta i gotta take things slowly i go i go against uh you know grendel right that was the dragon or whatever i gotta you know i have one opponent at a time all right uh but dave Chappelle, he was one of those advertised uh articles that was just coming in all the fucking time, all the time, all the time, all the time. Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle hates trans people. Uh, everybody's talking about Dave Chappelle. You know, so much so that you see, like, here's the thing. When you know what they're doing and you're not engaging in it and then you're still on social media, it's such an interesting thing because you can really see how much it does control us because here's all those articles and then at the same time, I'm scrolling through my Facebook, going through the timelines and all that shit. And every one of my comedian friends is like, here's what I think about Dave Chappelle, what Chappelle did or what Chappelle said. And I'm not saying they don't have a right to say that. But I think a lot of them were just simply saying it because they've been brainwashed to only pay, to t pay attention to that one thing as if that's the only thing that's truly happening in the world. you know. And then guess what happens a couple weeks later? It's gone. Nobody talks about it anymore. It's all done. The The walkout of the trans people happened and stuff like that. Uh, you know, Netflix stood tall. Dave Chappelle's still here. Even if he did get cut off, he would still be putting out his own shit, which he did for his movie where he was doing like $500 tickets and shit like that. So my question is, is anything actually real? You know, like think about how manufactured all that outrage was. I'm not saying that certain people weren't actually outraged. I'm not saying that certain people weren't actually offended. And they totally have a right to be actually offended and, you know, actually hurt and truly pissed off by it. But the fact that it was constantly getting plugged into all of our cell phones on our screens multiple times a day 
acting as if that is the only thing that exists and that is the only thing that is happening when truthfully number one the population of people that he came out uh came out against which i wouldn't even fully say against but came out uh you know for talking for or whatever uh is really about like what one percent of the world's population so there's that right and then even within that uh, the liberal people that are pissed off that he said this thing or that thing, uh, it's not every single liberal person that, that's pissed off. So it's basically a sliver. I would say maybe a quarter to a third. Uh, and the rest are still comedy fans that like him or think he may have a point when it's coming to the racial aspect of it. You know? So if that's how small of a minority we're talking about, not only the people he's talking about, but the people that are going to bat for them, if, if that's how small of a population that is, and they're still pushing it as if this is the biggest thing to ever happen in media, then what does any of this mean? Like, I feel like these people, uh, you know, they're, they're just trying to control us, and I know that's not necessarily a, uh, a, a new thing. You know, I, I know that's not necessarily a new thought, but I think it's a thought that we really have to sit down and uh, analyze and sit down and like think about as people and just truly be aware of it. You know, I think I think it's just the fact that because the Internet, you know, uh, typical media when it comes to newspapers and, uh, you know, television media like the news and stuff like that, they're just not selling. They're not getting as much ratings as they used to, you know, so they have to sensationalize everything to keep the eyeballs on the old way of doing things they're they're almost like uh it's almost like that steve buscemi meme where he has the backwards hat and the fucking skateboard and he's like hello <laughs> hello fellow teenagers you know what i mean like hey fellow cool kids that's what they're trying to do they're try trying to find anything that appeals to us uh you know a younger group or people that are into something that's happening right now and they're just trying to claw onto it you know as much as they can for as long as they can to just drain it of anything that they can because they know at the end of the day and they're not getting much anymore. I feel like on the contrary, though, uh, with the uh, online outlets, a lot of those people uh, aren't real journalists. You know what I mean? The, these people are, you know, people uh, who, uh, you know, went to art school and and didn't really do much writing. They've done a little bit of like freelance writing, but it's a lot of SEO, you know? So it's basically like a social engagement type stuff, stuff that uh, putting in keywords so articles will pop up and sell things. You know, this is, this is what's happening to news media now. And the difference between the old media and the new media is the old media, at least for a time, uh, had to tell the truth. They had to. It was looked down upon. It wasn't real journalism if you didn't tell the truth. And if you didn't tell the truth and you got busted for not telling the truth, they would just run you through the fucking mud. You know, these new media uh, outlets, they're not in truth or lies. They're just in sales. They're trying to direct you to either this comedian or that comedian or this genre of thing or that thing. And, you know, whether or not they're telling the truth or giving you the whole story is kind of inconsequential and they don't really care. So now you're getting kind of yellow journalism on both sides, you know, and the people that are suffering for it are people like you and me, you know, and it's just it's just kind of it's it's just it's a real shame.
it's a real it's a real shame uh you know and now who do you have to turn to for the news except for this guy you know that's the only <laughs> now you got me it's been whittled from fucking walter cronkite to buzzfeed all the way down to phil risden and let me ask you you happy are you happy because i'm not sure i am but hey if if i if i'm all you got you know let's let's see what happens you know uh, <laughs> and on that happy note, you guys seem cool. Thank you guys for sticking around with me so much. Um, I love you. I'm very glad that a, tr- a loud truck is now passing by during my outro. But thank you so much for watching the show. Uh, I'm going to leave the truck sound in because, you know, what? I'm a real motherfucker. I don't do no yellow journalism, okay? I tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And that's the the motto. <laughs> At dropping give me twenty. All right, see you guys later. This has been dropping give me twenty with Phil Risden. With Phil Risden, this has been dropping give me twenty with Phil Risden. I am Phil Risden. Have a good day. All right, bye. So awkward. Fuck. <laughs>